Hey everyone, welcome to You, Me, and a Fence Post, the podcast with a sibling's perspective around farming, family, friends, and a whole lot of other different topics. <laughs> I'm Clint Schaffer. And I'm Tara Schrock. And today we have a special episode where we're sitting in our dad's <laughs> shop here, and he's actually agreed to join. So dad, how about uh, you introduce yourself? I'm Doug Schaffer. <laughs> Apparently I'm responsible for these two, so we will... Uh, We'll see how this goes today. <laughs> well, that's that. So hang tight and we'll be back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. So, Tara, here we are sitting with Dad. So did you ever think this was going to happen? I would prefer to sit with him than you. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where today's going to go then. I, I see that. All right. What are we going to talk about today? I think we're going to talk about springtime, getting ready for planting, you know, well, sitting yeah. here in the shop with the planter in the background. Yeah. So. Thank, and thank goodness all that white stuff is gone. Oh, thank goodness. Warming up. So, Dad, what have you been up to here lately? Well, we've uh, been working on a planter here for about the last... Uh, four days to a week it uh, took that long to get the planter out of the shed because of the winter we had ice around the doors <laughs> couldn't get it out so we're finally getting around to working on the planter that's the main thing right now we yeah were, we were just on snowmobiles like a couple weeks ago buried in snow so um you know it changed quickly yeah it's like snow and ice around here has just been crazy so like you said i think you know your your planter was snowed nice in there for a while so what you and uncle bill have been uh working on some of the uh the planter units right Yes, we have. We were going to rebuild the bean side of the planter this year and uh, a couple of bent frames that uh, uh, I got kind of tackled into there last year. And, and well, so, hold on. How did you bend those frames? How, or how, did, how did the frames get bent? Let me reword that. I believe I drove a little too close with the tractor putting it in the shed and, and tickled these wheels and then bent a couple of frames on them. So. You know, Tara, is that surprising to you at all Like for how like growing up, wasn't it always like give you anxiety when dad was backing something in and it had to be within like an inch? I mean, just you got an line. inch. I think it was when it was me, it was like a quarter of an inch, maybe an eighth of an inch. All, all I have to say is I'm finding out years later what you didn't back in a quarter of an inch and it was a quarter of an inch too much. So, oh. But I didn't hear about that when it happened. So uh, we'll just put it that way. Uh, I don't know about you, but I plead the fifth on that. So <laughs> do, do. <laughs> what, what are, what are some of your favorite things coming out of winter and, and rolling into spring? I think the uh, best thing is, is to be able to get outside that's you've been cooped up most of the winter and, and to be able to, to get out on a warm day when it's 50, 60, 70 degrees is, is fantastic down here that used to, when we had cattle, that was the start of calving season, which was always, uh, uh, it was an interesting time and, and we enjoyed it. Uh, and the same way now you can get out on that four wheeler to go scout around, uh, get the machinery out, see the, see the things spring back into life. Uh, and it's just a re-energizing part of, of the life of farming and, and of life in general. And I think that's, that's the most favorite part. Let's put it that way. Yeah. How about you, Tara? What's, what's your favorite part uh, of springtime rolling in? I, I honestly, it's the the warm weather, the everything turning green again, and life again after a really long year, a really long winter. Yeah. And a long year with the pandemic anyway. So you know, it's nice to get back outside again. What about you? 
Yeah, I would say like I know it's uh, I know it's spring when when you can you know walk out on the deck and you know at some point in time and like I can drink a cup of coffee or whatever and uh, like that's some like like the times when I just know that it's getting getting nice and warm you know like and then you look forward to helping dad go around the fields and pick up the the sticks and um, it's that time of year isn't it it's like hey jump on your four wheeler and go pick up every stick that God has ever made. Fact. Or, or, Dad, you mentioned cattle, right? How about all the hot wire we used to? You had that roll thing. Yeah, we had it. We got it. Matter of fact, I still got it tucked away in the garage over there. Uh, by the way, not surprising. So if you if you really miss it too much, we can we can maybe rent you out to the neighbors. But anyway, we used to uh, put a hot wire was our main source of of keeping the cattle in. And yes, every spring it had to be wound up and and put away and labeled and and so on and so forth so that we could reel it out next fall and <laughs> and get the cattle back out on the stalks and and the pastures. So yes, that was an integral part of the uh uh spring process yeah. here at uh, uh on uh, on our farm. So I was never promoted to the tractor driver and that got to drive that tractor around and unreal the fence ever. I was never promoted to that job. Does that have anything to do with that quarter of an inch that was too close, you suppose, or something? I don't know. I'm just asking. Is there there any possible? I don't think anybody was promoted to the tractor, though. I mean, like, this isn't, like, I don't think you're left out here, Tara. I think there was one tractor operator here uh, that's sitting here. Well, it's, it's, I I guess I'll plead the fifth. What can I say? (laughs) You know, so we talk about the, the, the great things of spring, but also spring has its own headaches, too. So what's, what's your worst part about spring getting here? The worst part about spring for me is the mud. And, uh. and living down here, we're on a, I will call it a wet farm, basically, anyway. And under the bluff, you've got your gravel roads, you've got, uh, and mud. I hate mud. I just, it's like you try to step off the beaten path, you try to step off the sidewalk or whatever, and you're up to your ankles in mud, and and hopefully not any worse than that. And, and until the frost gets out of the ground and things start settling up, no, that part of it I do not care for. Uh, you, you look out over the field, it looks good, it looks great, but you can't get off the path to do anything. Mm-hmm. So that's the part that uh, – and then the other thing I don't care for about spring is that you can take a 50- or 60-degree day with a cold, damp wind, and it's cold. And, you know, you, <laughs> you think, oh, boy, temperature looks good you get out there and wow it's cold so anyway yeah we, we get that humidity back right in the air that uh, that hasn't been here so no that's for sure so yeah the mud is horrible i am one of those crazy people that has an indoor dog and you know you let your dog out <laughs> and then it's like this is the worst time of year because they're just covered in mud every time and not-, not to and to mention his dog is a very large dog and it's like the party dog so it's, it's like when it, when it goes outside <laughs> when she goes outside she comes back a muddy mess and and another thing Tara that, that I'm gonna say about about uh, Mabel this dog is that every time she gets out down here we have this crick <laughs> and so Mabel goes to this crick now I'm gonna tell you something about your brother he uh he, he's uh very good at what he does, but he's a slow learner because every time he opens that door in that truck to let the dog out, she goes to the crick. Now, the rest of us all know that. Now, I'm, I'm really telling you, and Clint almost acts like he's shocked when, <laughs> when he looks up again. and here comes this dog back, pure mud. See, so uh, I do get some pleasure out of this. That's, you know, it's, uh, and then he has to wash her under the hydrant and start over. So anyway, I had to put that in. Can we move on to a different topic at this point? <laughs> 
Well, it's it's spring. We thought we had to give Mabel a, That's a right. shout yeah. out. And, and you yeah. want to know what we like about spring? And, and, and I'll add that to my list of, of watching you be shocked when your dog jumps in the crack. <laughs> Just put it that way. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm regretting bringing that up already. <laughs> Now, now we talked about like what what you like about spring and and things of that nature. How about we look back at Grandpa and how how you know some of the contrast between how you get ready for for springtime and planting and how Grandpa would have done it back in the day. Yeah, our to 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 clarify things just a little bit. I grew up on a uh, where livestock was the main source of income. In other words, we uh, we used every bit of crop that we raised went into feeding our our livestock, our, between our cows and our fat cattle. So in the spring, calving was a very big part of it. And then when we got ready for planting, that was a, a whole different process. Everything back then had to be moldboard plowed. If it wasn't done in the <laughs> fall, we had to get out and it had to be done in the spring. So, and then the planters were set up. They were, there wasn't even any disc openers. It was a, a runner type planter. So everything had to be worked down extremely fine in order before we could plant corn and it's a different no-till wasn't you that that term wasn't even thought of right. wasn't even so to get ready the basic thing was you had to oil the chains on the planter uh make sure the pin fit because a planter was hooked and unhooked in basically one pin and that's all yeah. you had there was no monitor uh <laughs> literally have to worry no about <laughs> hydraulics and like all the electronics no. and <laughs> matter of fact the first planter that i remember was a mounted planter on an on a uh, uh, ihh tractor the wheels on on 40 inch rows were set out as wide as they could be and you turned around and you put that rear wheel back in the same track that you came your markers were pinned up against the lights and you pulled a trip rope and the marker would fall down <laughs> and when you got to the end you pulled them up with a rope and then they would latch and then you turned the corner and you did the same thing two row planter you bolted this onto the side <laughs> of the tractor and then went out and planted your crop two rows two rows now you ready to do this Tara? <laughs> no. Now, I want to see you hoist up these uh, these markers at the end of the row. Now, some of the neighbors, we we did not do it, but some of the neighbors were still using what they called a trip wire, which would so that you could the wire you moved it across each time at the end of the field, and it tripped the the planter at the exact spot so that you could cross cultivate with a with a planter with a cultivator in the spring. You had to go lengthways, and then you went crossways. So this, this with its trip wire, you would it had knots on. I've still got a roll of the wire, and it literally <laughs> would, probably on that thing that we rolled up yeah, there that we were talking about. Similar, <laughs> and it would trip that planter at the exact spot. But anyway, you would put back then we put we put three in a hill, and then eventually went to two in a hill as what that was called, and then uh, that was called check planting. And and uh, so I think we anyway. we studied this in school. Didn't you uh, bury a fish underneath the seed for for, <laughs> for nutrients at that point? Right. That was that was two years before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We <laughs> we, we, we didn't get we didn't have the fish. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, isn't that crazy though to think about the differences between what Dad does today and what Grandpa does? Yeah. Oh. The, the sad part about it is, not to interrupt, but when I started farming the first year, I was still teaching uh, down at Biggsville, and I bought a, a John Deere uh, planter that uh, uh, was still a runner planter. And my, and my first planter when I went to a, a eight-row 
was a runner planter. We didn't even have discs on them. And so the same thing there, you would disc the ground after plowing it, disc the ground once, twice, then maybe with a field cultivator or a harrow. And it had to be that fine for this runner to go through the soil and plant the seed. And I did that for the first probably three to four years when I started farming. And then we did went to the actual disc, but it didn't have the the gauge wheels on it that we have today. So, uh, oh, the yeah, difference. There's the some difference things that I'm kind of happy I missed. <laughs> technology. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I know, that's where some people complain about technology. I'm like, bring it on. <laughs> Auto steering. Uh, I'll, I'll do the whole well, thing. Well, and the first four-row planter we got at home after that mounted planter, we had a planter that had a, uh, on the front, it was four rows. It had two hoppers for, for starter fertilizer. Then you had a hopper for insecticide, seed corn, <laughs> and herbicide. Herbicide at that time was banded in a seven-inch band rather than broadcast. Matter of fact, when I was teaching ag, you called herbicide at that time was what was called wet weather insurance. It was not, you did not put it on other than in a strip, and then you cultivated up to three times. And so anyway, uh, the dad used to joke about that, well, he loaded everything up on the planter, except the seed because he had so much to put in it. The bags, we put in 50 pounds at a time, or 50 pounds, dumped them into, you filled the hopper. Then you put a bag in the insecticide, a bag in the herbicide, and he, he made that joke. That, well, then I forgot the seed. Forgot the seed. Which was a joke, but right. I meant that was... You know, as I look at some of the, the old uh, older equipment, I mean, uh, I, I look at our, uh, our 1955... 300 right 1955 that's the first and only tractor grandpa bought that was brand new but uh you pull uh pull your grandkids on that all the time and uh, and a few fairs too don't you oh yeah we still well we had it uh it was it was uh i will uh, it was refurbished here a few yeah. years ago and so yeah we still try to keep it and i put Tight. it on i use it now for uh uh, seed cart or for a, a head cart ah. and it's basically a parade tractor definitely a parade tractor <laughs> i think shout out to uh to cousin mick on the on the resto on that one right yeah yes he took it out he did a pimp my ride and 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 <laughs> and took it out and him and clint stole it from my shed in the middle of winter and took it out to where mick lived out in western iowa yeah. and they they did through a restore and brought it back and i didn't know it was going <laughs> That kind of caught me off guard right there. That was hilarious. I uh, know, but uh, you did leave tracks. It's just that he didn't see the tracks. They were true. covered. They were covered up because you guys were nervous about getting caught. That but. is true. <laughs> yeah. I, as a matter of fact, though, as I'm thinking, you know, of pulling the grandkids on there, I don't think you've been promoted to tractor driver on that one either, uh, have you? Thanks for that reminder. <laughs> <laughs> I did drive the. Uh, I always did hay, raked hay, with that tractor. Yes. Right. Yeah, yep. so oh, I yeah. was promoted a tractor driver. I actually did more of it than you did. So. Oh, oh, pointing <laughs> fingers here. Now hold on, Tara. If we're gonna get into throwing, <laughs> throwing some shade here around, Dad at one point in time grabbed the I don't even know what year it was. I think a fifty-one M, and uh, and he hooked on. Was it a three-bottom plow? Yeah, three three fourteens. But that. M had no power steering and those little tires up close 
in the in the front oh my goodness it was horrible for uh for trying to trying to learn how to do that so i don't know if you ever learned how to drive <laughs> did not yeah that's that's the key we didn't even have power steering until we got the 1955 <laughs> tractor so for for these two to sit here and say how bad it was without power steering oh wah 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 so what what are what are some of the the funny stories that uh, the you know are some funny memories that you have of of planting season well it it was one uh, we had a nephew of uh Mine, uh, he came from Colorado <laughs> and stayed with us. And I was planting corn really late one night. They were calling for rain. And so I had, uh, I had a single hopper planter, and I was planting an early season corn. So I planted till probably close to midnight that night, trying to get done before the rain. And the next morning, why I went out, and I told him where to get the seed and what to get. And when I went out next morning, I started going through the bags. And I had planted... From the earliest to the fullest season corn I had, <laughs> all at the same time mixed in. He had brought me just bags of corn that looked the same, and at 10 o'clock at night, I was throwing it in the planter. <laughs> and I went, oh, my goodness, and turned out it was, wasn't any worse than any other crop I had. So that's when you start to find out, well, maybe a blended thing isn't a bad thing after all. That's like, that's like after you put in a test plot and you just throw all the seed in the hopper, right? You know, same, mix it all same, in. Same exact thing. Yeah. And, it, and it turned out all right. But I'm telling you, it was dead panic for a while. And, and you, you think you're not going to live. Something's going to be wrong, you know, and so on and so forth. But uh, that did happen. Ah. And then I guess you talk about things in the past that did happen. And, you know, is, is that the first time... I ever would try to tell my kids, my wife, that you got to bluff these cattle when you're trying to sort them and going through a gate. And when a cow has her calf in the spring, you know, she's very, very controlling, very touchy. And I'll never forget the first time I told Clint, I said, you've just got to stand your ground and you've got to holler at them. You have to fake them out or they will go through you. I don't and need to do any of that. We were in this. We were in this <laughs> lot right here, trying to sort the cows and calves. Actually, we are sitting in the old catalog. Yeah. Right yes, here. yes, we are. Yeah. And so it gets. And he held his ground. And when we got done, he couldn't talk. I said, "Well, now, how was that?" He, and nothing came out. He, uh, he was probably sixteen, I'm guessing, in that ballpark. And then, as far as with Tara, I'll never forget one time I had to. We were, this cow. You. In the time you had to clean a cow once in a while after calving because the, the placenta <laughs> wouldn't come out. Well, Tara was supposed to hold the tail for me so that I was cleaning the placenta and somehow she thought this tail was a little too crappy. So she lets loose of it and that cow wraps it right around my head. I'm very happy at this right. time. You can imagine I get a crappy tail wrapped around my face. So anyway, just, just, just some of the original stories back from the day. Maybe this is why I never got a promotion. <laughs> yeah. Still haven't got that promotion. So. <laughs> Neither. And then we won't talk about the tracks coming out of the door, sneaking out of the house. And we won't even I get know. into that subject. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast, Dad. <laughs> okay. Okay. So about during calving season, though, do you remember when I um, ran over a calf oh. on the four-wheeler? So I had a neighbor girl over riding the four-wheeler as well. And I hit something, and when I hit something and ran over it, um, she fell off, and I thought I ran over her. Um, so I was screaming, like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, I just ran over you, and then I came back, and 
dad's like i go you wouldn't believe this but i hit a, a calf a baby calf and he's like well is it okay and i'm like i don't know and he goes well what happened and i go it got up and ran away <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the actual story was she came back and said dad i killed a calf she said i ran over a calf and i killed her jenny fell off and and this guy i said well how do you know you killed it is it laying up well no it went off balling said, he's just fine you know <laughs> But and that that brings up another story. Come to think about it, back in uh, would have been 1983 when we were building an addition on the house. <laughs> we happened at that time we still had three wheelers, and I was running down to the shop to pick up something, and Tara had a little three wheeler, oh. and so she comes down from the house and she decided to turn in front of me to make me stop. We yeah. which we played this on, had yep. fun playing games on the three wheelers. And so I'm coming as fast as that little 125 will go, which is probably 40 or 50. She turns in front of me, and instead of running over her, my back, I turned it, my back wheel went over, make a long story short, end over end, broke two of my ribs, busted my wrist, wrist and, and all, anyway, it was, a, it was definitely an interesting story. You know, I don't think you can t tell that story, though, without adding the, the stubbornness of you, though, two weeks later. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Tara, you uh -huh. know what I'm talking about, yes, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh. What What happened two weeks after after he uh, after this broke his well, wrist? Well, quite frankly, he didn't want to go into the doctor to begin with. Dad didn't want to go to the <laughs> doctor. What? I know. He was gasping for air because he had broken ribs and did not want mom to take him to the doctor. So we started off like that. So Nice. <laughs> nice. And then so you come home. Now, I don't really remember. I only know this through stories because I would have been about a half a year old at that point in time. <laughs> uh, but uh, but what? So you have a have a cast on your arm, on your broken wrist. And what do you decide to do? Well, I had to remove the cast so I could use it. Uh, <laughs> in so two could, weeks, right? Well, yeah, it was, it was healed. A pair of tin snips, I believe, is what you used on this? Tin snips and a hacksaw and, and a hatchet and, uh, and some other things. But, but between Mick and Mom and I, we got it off finally. So, um, yeah, and don't you still complain about that wrist hurting you? I'm not sure I know what you're talking about. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, one, one other story I do remember, and then I'll I'll be yeah. quiet about it. But <laughs> back back in the day, and uh, Anita and Tara had gone to Alito, and we had a rabbit. We had uh, uh. we had uh, this rabbit out in the yard in his cage, and so this rabbit got smart, and he was he had burrowed down into the ground and had a deep burrow, yep. and you couldn't the kids couldn't catch him anymore, and they called him Popsy. That was his name. And so we were going to have, I think, somebody's eighth grade graduation, I believe. Maybe yours down here or something. So you and mom went to town. And so I was down raking some rock around the patio. And, and Clint and, and uh, Brandy were in trying to catch Popsy. And pretty soon here comes Clint around all proud. He said, I caught Popsy. I caught Popsy. And he's petting this rabbit, you know. And he brings it down there to where I'm at. And I looked at it. I said, Clint. That rabbit is dead, has been dead. <laughs> they went in, and he pounced on him in the cage. Along, and this rabbit had been dead for two weeks. No, I'm, I'm exaggerating. It wasn't that long. But anyway, so it was in the middle of August. It was extremely dry, and I told him I was going to go bury the rabbit. And so I went down the road with a shovel and proceeded to do what we called back then an aerial burial. Aerial in other words, burial. I, and... It just so happened at that time, uh, my wife and my daughter were coming down the road, 
and happened to watch me do this aerial burial. So when I get home, why... Busted. Yeah, I was busted, but then Brandy comes running out crying to Tara, said Popsy died, and Dad went and buried him, and Tara said... I don't think Dad buried the rabbit, <laughs> which I did. An aerial burial was an acceptable farm life thing to do for right, a small right. rodent. And so, a small uh, rodent. rodent. Anyway, that's what happened. <laughs> All right. Well, I tell you what, we just, we've covered a lot of ground here today, here, Tara. That's just like a. a, a trip straight down memory lane here it was and evidently i you know wasn't promoted for multitude of reasons so. well yeah we'll <laughs> hey we got this spring right maybe you might be able to get promoted to tractor myself. driver <laughs> <laughs> all right well hey dad i just want to say thank you for joining tara and i on uh, on you me and a uh, fence post here sure. sure glad to join and and uh, things have definitely changed a long time uh two years ago i was planting tara up on top waiting for mom to bring me a bag of seed corn and Clint calls from St. Louis, where he was working, and asked me why I'm sitting in the corner. He can watch <laughs> on technology, so I, I just want to show you how far technology has come in the day since I've been farming, and he's wanting to know why I'm sitting in the corner, because yep. he can tell I'm not playing. See, some people want to GPS their kids, and other people like to GPS their parents. So <laughs> There you go. See, so, I never so. looked at it like that. That's hilarious. <laughs> so anyway, I'm sitting there thinking, huh. <laughs> the kids are tracking me so yeah, there you go well hey with that i want to say thank you all for joining us today i had an absolute blast uh with my sister and my father here this has been so much fun uh i do also want to say if you like the video be sure to like the video subscribe and uh, ring the bell to get notified each and every time that we push out new content also we're available wherever you listen to podcast at as well so with that i appreciate it and we'll see you next time thank you.